Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Listening to Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. We haven't had like a perfect weather week, I would say, since I've been back, or even right before that. Like, give me where what, am what, I? What do you, what do you where am it, I? Keep, clear seventies, no rain, and no you know smoke. Jeremy White. You want a full seven days of that? Are you like charting a pitcher with a perfect game? Oh, uh, 68 and a cloud. Yeah, what I've got is it's I've got not a, a perfect week anymore. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. I've got a weather team right now that keeps collapsing in the third quarter. You should just create a website and, like, the Jeff Sagarin ratings for college basketball, right? Isn't that a guy who just <laughs> yeah. created his own system? Just the DiBiase, DiBiase Weather Patrol.com. Not WGR. Dude. I just want low 70s and sunny without smoke. That's it. Sports Radio 550. Hey, good morning. Jeremy with you. Joe's out today. Speaking of weather, have you seen Josh, Josh Schmidt producing, have you seen what's going to happen tomorrow with the weather? Uh, isn't it going to be like 60 degrees? I just saw that. Is there something else? The, yes, there is a point where it will be 60 degrees. Pat Hammer had this. We're supposed to get a quick blast of winter again, but it's quick, and then it's nice again. So... If you, whatever, open up your own weather apps, and of course, trust the professionals, you'll see highs today, 62, tomorrow, 61, and then the weekend, you know, Friday, 49, 51, 62, 66 on Monday. Holy cow, right? But it's tomorrow that things go south. It's a, Tomorrow's high is 61 and the low is 23. Yeah, it's a big stretch. That's a that's a very broad scale. And what he pointed out is that noon, it'll be 63 degrees tomorrow. And by 2.30, it'll be about 36. So we're going to get uh, about a 40-degree drop for 12 to 24 hours tomorrow into Thursday. And then Friday's nice again. So 
Yeah, I guess that's not going to stack up. We'll have to ask Joe about his perfect weather week. But it was beautiful yesterday. Looks like it's going to be beautiful today. So hopefully you have a chance to get outside. Maybe some rain a little bit today. I busted out the smoker on the grill yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Some people do that all year long in the winter and everything. I, I, don't, I don't do it all year long. Smoked some wings, made up some steaks. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing better to make you feel like spring is around the corner. Granted, it's February 27th, but to be outside and making food outside and I'm raking garden beds and starting to think about how I'm going to get my backyard back in order after my dogs have destroyed it during the you know, mud season. It still kind of is mud season. The ground's still kind of small or soft, not small, still kind of soft. And walking in my backyard is like walking on the surface of the moon. And there's just craters, spongy craters everywhere. That's what I'm Googling in the last 24 hours is what's the best way to reclaim my lawn, small, from my own dogs who just destroy it with, you know, the running and the legs and the feet and the stuff. Is there a way to do it outside of fencing it off so they can't even use it? I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Big show coming up today. Lots of stuff going on. We've got Sal Capaccio checking in from the Combine. He'll join us at 7 o'clock. Sabres head coach Don Granado at 8. Matthew Collar, who talks and covers the Vikings in Minnesota, he'll join us at 8.30. And at 9 o'clock, Brent Axe, who talks Syracuse sports, to join us just to check in on the Syracuse basketball and football teams because, well, I kind of want to. And they've gone through big changes in these last 12 months. So check it in on that. With Matthew at 8.30, this is, so Matthew's a former producer of this show. So those of you that listen might remember him, know him, know his work. I sent him a text last night, which was basically, hey, uh, I want to start a segment called that football team is not going to do the stupid thing that people are pretending is smart, right? Like that'll be the name of the segment. Is this football team going to do a really dumb thing that people today are pretending is smart? And he said, I'm in. Because, of course, while I was gone, I had Friday off, I had Monday off. While I was gone, I, uh, Justin Jefferson's name is in is in trade talks. He was the wide receiver idea of the day yesterday. I heard that, and I was proud of you guys, because that would have been my, I would have done that 100%. His name gets in trade talks, let's talk Justin Jefferson. I also thought that the Vikings have, the chance, have a chance to do the funniest thing ever, and just trade Jefferson for Diggs right back. Um, Bill would have to give something up of that, of course, too. But... I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson. Adam Rank had an article. I, I favorited this. I've got it linked. I've got things to talk about inside this article. Sentences of madness. That three trades that should happen this offseason, and it's Jefferson, Diggs, and Ayuk. And I, 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 got, I got a question. I got a, anybody, anybody got an answer for me on this? What on earth do people think happens with wide receivers? It is no longer the receiver's fault, people. Why? Why? What? What is? What? Help! Justin Jefferson, the consensus best receiver in. Fo- oh yeah, just trade him because they don't want to pay him. What? Is everybody taking crazy pills? Am I taking crazy pills? How does this continue to happen? I have a couple theories. I started writing down like, all right, if I was asked by some sort of, I don't know, probably not a forensic scientist, can ask me how to figure out why receivers keep getting this treatment. I do have answers. And that is, okay, here you go. One, the good quarterbacks never move and never should. 
and the quarterbacks that aren't good enough do move. Like Russell Wilson, congratulations. Or um, Derek Carr's got another job. And this offseason, Justin Fields, will he get traded? Sure, probably. Who knows? It's not exactly, you know, universally compelling, but he probably will. Then there's the running back conversation, which is as dried up as it gets. Oh, should the Giants franchise tag Saquon Barkley? Should the Raiders keep Jacobs? The answer is like, yeah, they do for a year. And then this year there'll be no franchise tags for running backs. None. They're all just going to walk. So, all right, what other position matters? Is it tight end? No, there's only like six that people know. Well, now I'm left with the receiver. And apparently every offseason is now going to be, hey, there's a team that has an awesome player. Maybe they'd be better off if they had a pick and a prospect instead, although there are no prospects. Maybe they'd be better off if they had a first and two seconds instead of, oh, I don't know, the best receiver in football. And whether it's the Bills with Diggs, which, you know, I know that's not quite Jefferson. It's not even really quite Ayuk based on age. But the we are at obsession. And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I can, I don't know, relate to a lot of people that are just on the wide receiver train and want to trade him and want to move him, want to get him. Let's get Justin Jefferson on the pick your team. Who? Where would they possibly trade him? To the Texans? Think about it. They don't want to pay him. They're going to trade Justin Jefferson. The entire existence of a general manager of a team is to find players that are literally irreplaceable, and then you find them and you you talk about trading them? That doesn't make any sense. So I'm, I'm just over here torn because I love all the talk about receivers, but now I've got everything from – I mean, Diggs hasn't spoken – or hasn't made any sort of waves in a couple of weeks. So instead, fill that in with Ayuk and Jefferson trade chatter. And oh, by the way, A.J. Brown calling into the radio station in Philadelphia because they wouldn't stop speculating that he has a problem with Jalen Hurts. Like That's that's where we live now. It's, it's wild. He calls in to say, yes, I want to stay in Philly. I don't have a problem with Jalen Hurts. And it's leadership style. A.J. Brown... I don't know if you saw this video or this clip. A.J. Brown goes on a station. He calls in in Philly and basically says all of the same things that Stefan Diggs says, which are, uh, yes, I want to be there. Sometimes I get loud. Sometimes I'm willing to have conversations people don't want to have. And, you know, meanwhile in Philly, they're just demanding that A.J. Brown commit to them. It's it's funny. We, we, we live in a, a, a goofy time. Maybe it's because it's February. And the combine hasn't kicked up. Of course, the combine probably adds to all this. That's worth mentioning. Maybe it's because it's February and free agency hasn't begun yet. And, you know, once T. Higgins signs that franchise tag or Michael Pittman Jr. leaves or who knows. The draft is, of course, going to be a wide receiver driven draft along with quarterbacks. But here we are. Three trades that should happen. Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, and Stefan Diggs. I suppose we did a few years back have Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown to a lesser extent. He had some decently, whatever, some name recognition at the position did get moved. So, okay. I don't know if we should expect every year to be like that. But here we are. Jefferson. So, 830. 
Matthew, the question will be to him. Uh, the Vikings aren't going to do that very stupid thing, right? Where they trade a first-round pick for Justin Jefferson, or they're going to want two. It's nuts. Meanwhile, Sean McDermott spoke yesterday from the NFL Combine, and Sal's got a recap piece up on it, and he doubled down on talking about explosive plays. Some good quotes in here from McDermott. And I've heard the afternoon guys talk a little bit about whether or not we should take what McDermott said as him just saying it because he thinks people want to hear it versus how he really feels about it. And a couple things in here that McDermott mentioned from Sal's piece. You can check out the full piece at our website, WGR550.com. So McDermott cited data on drives that end in scores with or without explosive plays saying usually a scoring drive has baked into it an explosive run or explosive pass or a big-time penalty. And those numbers are, you know, out there from whether it's Pro Football Focus or any one of these, you know, sites that's going to dig deep into the numbers. You are definitely more likely to get a score on a drive when you have an explosive play. And it's something that hindered the Bills. It's actually to Josh Allen's credit and some of the other players on the offense, it's to their credit that this team was able to score so many points despite really lacking in the explosive play department. They were 20th in the league in explosive plays, which, it's bad. In what world should the Josh Allen Bills be limited to bottom half of the league in explosive plays? It is scary. (laughs) Ken Dorsey wasn't getting enough. Joe Brady came in. They didn't get enough either. So how do they fix it? Well, McDermott knows. He said of it, quote, more on this, the game's changing a little bit too, with defenses going to more with split safety looks and more zone versus man. It's forcing quarterbacks or offenses to be a little bit more patient. The value of run after catch is important. If you're going to throw it short, you'd better be able to take it from five yards to 15 or to 50, and I think that's important as well. The Bills had... 49 pass plays of 20-plus yards. That was 19th in the league. And he said, McDermott said, it's part of us moving forward as we look toward our roster and look at player acquisition, something we need to take a hard look at, he said back in January. So I've got Bean and McDermott talking about it, explosive plays. I've got a write-up from Joe Biscalia of The Athletic on the numbers on Stefan Diggs, which are scary. There's a, there's a glaring number on something Diggs had this season that we'll want to talk about as well going forward. I'm, I'm going to commit it to memory. And it's not a Diggs problem. It's a Joe Brady question. So got that as well. I can give that to you right now, actually. It's just that in the playoff game against Kansas City, of course, there's the big, deep, deep ball that Diggs could not haul in, and that's on him. But on the rest of his targets, his average depth of target was 3.3 yards. And Joe pointed out his piece at the Athletic a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, that with Diggs, you have a, a, a receiver who has made his living down the field, intermediate, even you know over top of defenses. And while he dropped that one against the Chiefs, Allen missed him like five times during the season. And maybe if one of those deep shots was on target, we think less about the downfall or the slide or the lack of production from Diggs. If a couple of those get hit, maybe the drop rate doesn't seem as significant. Joe pointed out Diggs' drop rate was not much higher, was not much different 
than any other year in his career. Diggs looked like the true number one that stepped into an offense that didn't have an answer to get the ball down the field. Whether that's teams figuring them out and clamping down on him while taking their chances on Gabriel Davis, who would have a couple of zeros on the board, or if teams were just content to you know, give the Bills the easy button over the middle to Shakir and Kincaid. And Shakir showed some ability for that run after catch, probably best on the team. But I've got McDermott talking about it again. And I think that's a, that's that's a good thing. All the things that they now talk about needing and wanting would have been filled nicely by Zay Flowers last year. But of course, you know, Flowers goes before they pick. They move up and they take Kincaid. But I think it's a good sign that you've got McDermott again talking about it. I don't think it's lip service. I think they know they need it. It will be interesting what yak means to them, though, because from a, from a yak perspective, whether that's run after catch or yards after catch, which if, if you're a rack guy or a yak guy, which are you, Josh? Are you yak or rack? Yards after catch or run after catch? I think I'm more of a yak guy. I'm, me too. I'm I, a, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but it just seems more <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could run a lot and only get one yard. Right. And what matters is the yard. <laughs> Yards after catch. Anyway, I'm a yak guy too. They talked about yak in Dorsey's first year a lot. They, they really they wanted it. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie was supposed to be a yak boost for them. And it was going to be a different design to their offense that was going to maybe give them some yak yards. And that never really happened. Never really happened. Dorsey came in to an offense that was 32nd in the league in yak, and they finished 31st. And then he never made it through year number two. So, you know, like, it'll be interesting to see what yak means to them. Does that mean scheme? Does that mean guys that are going to break loose, that break tackles? Should I be thinking of the Yak King, he self-named him that, Malachi Corley in, you know, a day three pick? Maybe. That's a name you might want to familiarize yourself with if you're on the Bills' wide receiver train and you're thinking about the second receiver they'd want to draft. But all of it kind of adds up to, like, here, here we are again. Receivers are just dominating the offseason, as is, I guess, normal. Running backs are boring. Running backs don't get paid. There aren't even any first-round running backs in this draft. So... I've got a league that's built on quarterbacks and receivers. And that means sometimes Justin Jefferson trade rumors pop up. And Brandon Ayuk says he wants to get paid. Diggs didn't really do much of anything. And the stories are out there. And then people ask him, how about these stories? It's wild. Fun times. Fun times. So we'll check in with Sal from the Combine coming up at the uh, top of next hour, 7 o'clock. Throughout the week, checking in with Combine people as well to see who has a lot to lose, who has a lot to gain. The Bills have already started some of their salary cap maneuvering. Connor McGovern, his deal has been restructured. The Bills freed up a little bit of space, nothing too crazy. There was also news over the weekend, before the weekend, that the increase in salary cap space, of course, helps the Bills get closer to being under the cap. I don't think it really helps them add anybody so much as it just helps them get more compliant because – with more money in the uh, global pool of NFL finances, that probably means that pay players just get paid more. So whether that's quarterbacks, receivers, you know, when Michael Pittman gets paid like the fourth best receiver in football, maybe he goes that high. It, it's, that, it's the passage of time. It's something we're going to get a lot of these next couple of weeks. With more money into the system, a lot of guys are going to get paid more. 
Maybe even some guys get restructured. That's that's something to think about here is if you are if you're the Bills or any team that now has a little bit of extra money, some teams will commit that to of course extensions and not just committed to free agency, but keeping the guys that you already have. Maybe you like the idea of extending Rasul Douglas, which the Bills could do to save cap space, and also, you know, a player that they like. They could keep him for a little bit. He's got one year left on his deal. So the uh, you know the movement of this offseason, it's interesting. I wonder who the biggest name will be that moves. My guess is it'll be a, a name lesser than Justin Jefferson. Does that depend on what you consider lesser? Like, is Justin Fields a bigger name? He plays a position that's more important. Quarterback always runs the day. We know that. But all of it adds up to a fun offseason. And I, I think we got to keep our eye on, of course, the AFC, who goes where, how this all plays out. And for the Bills, just how much they are locked in on explosive plays. In which case... I'm putting up a Twitter poll about this. Would you make this deal? No, it's not a deal for Justin Jefferson. Would you make this deal? I get the first two picks of the draft for the offense. You can do the rest of whatever you want with the the defense. I get the first two picks of the draft. All of the other offseason capital, you can do what you want. You could have every defensive end and safety and corner. You could have every defensive lineman. All your free agency dollars. I've got what looks like a pretty ready-made offense missing one piece for sure, a second piece maybe. I would I would lean more towards a second piece for sure. I need a, an outside receiver and then a guy to go in that keeps my offense always dynamic, no matter who's on the field and who's off the field. You give me my first and second on the, on the offense, you can have the rest on the defense. Deal? Going to ask that to McDermott, maybe to Bean. Give me my two picks. You can have the rest. They'll have tons of assets. They have 10 picks. That's eight picks on the defense. Free agency dollars spent there as well. And, you know, who's not happy? Going to be a challenge for Bean on what to do with their money and the biggest number, the biggest money they can spend. Will there be, you know, a depth receiver, a depth defensive tackle? Is it a Daquan Jones extension? These are... Some of the things, of course, that get kicked around as ideas. Daquan Jones is an important one. If they were, to, if they were able to get that one done, that would check off a starting job and make the defensive tackle seem less desperate. Is there a receiver they could sign that is exactly that same level that would make them seem less desperate going in? We'll see. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. So Sal Capaccio from the combine seven o'clock. Sabres play tonight against the Florida Panthers. Don Granado joins us at 8. Of course, the news on the Sabres is great. Three straight wins. They've got their first three straight wins of the season. I saw a number that in the NHL this year, there have been 113 three-game win streaks. This is the Sabres' first. So that's, what, like three per team? And Sabres have their first. Okay, that's good news. We found out they're getting a new video board. They're getting a new roof. Insert joke here about you're putting a new roof on the wrong stadium. I mean, it's right out there if anybody wants it. That's a good line. Maybe not that line, but some version of it. And we had correspondence from the owner. Terry Pagula, Kevin Adams, a, a letter to Sabres season ticket holders on the future. And in the announcement about a new video board and a new roof, 
and a tent pole event, which many are speculating could be maybe another Winter Classic, maybe I don't I don't know about the All Star Game. I wonder where they, what, what, what would the NHL give them. Hey, here's an event to maybe help you with season tickets because you know, like just first first thought on that. Hey, you started to rebound from a season ticket standpoint, then you had a bad season. We want to help you keep that. Here's a winter classic. Here's the the Four Nations tournament. Here's an all-star game. I just wonder what the NHL would do to get involved there. But they tease that, a tent pole event. So I've got a new roof, video board, tent pole event, and to me the most important thing that was in that entire letter to season ticket holders was a message that what has been happening is not good enough, which is something the Sabres have not often said. And to hear them say that is refreshing and, for me, encouraging. Though they had a great weekend, just with wins and <laughs> with the lettered season ticket holders. It was great. So anyway, good morning. 803-0550, We'll check in on the Combine. We'll check in on Justin Jefferson. We'll check in with Don Granato as well. It's uh, me, Jeremy, Joe out today here on WGR. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You've got to be able to get the ball either thrown down the field or you got to be able to complete it short and then have it run down the field. Whether it's via rack or throwing the ball down the field and, and completing it on deeper passes. So the, the game's changing a little bit too, though, with defenses going to more split safety looks and more zone versus man. And so it's kind of forcing quarterbacks or offenses to be a little bit more patient at times. So the value of rack is important then. If you're going to throw it short, you better be able to take it from 5 to 15 or to 50. And I think that's an important piece as well. I'm putting up a Twitter poll. Yak or rack? McDermott's a rack guy. I want a shirt with a yak on it, but it's spelled Y-A-C. Like the animal yak. Yeah. And it's got like a Bills logo on it or something. Well, is it got a Bills logo? Wait. Well, the, is it the a bison yak, or is it a yak? The yak has a Bills logo on it. Okay. Like, because yaks are pretty hairy. Maybe you could like shave it in there on like the, the design of the shirt. Are you prepared to find out the difference between a yak and a, and a bison for me? 
I, I like can, how I can are do they, some biological research on are they loosely related if you go far enough back? Yaks. I mean, come on, they look you know it's like different hair. Anyway, Josh is on that. Good morning. The closest living relative of bisons are yaks. Let's go. All right. So, so then bisons and yak go hand in hand. The Bills have to be a yak team now. Like, there's no other option. (laughs) Yak Kings. Good morning. It is uh, Tuesday, February 27th. Hello. How are you? Uh, This month of February, which is, you know, unusual, has an extra day in it. The 29th is coming up on, uh, well, Thursday. So, you know, have have a leap year celebration if you'd like. All right, put up a Twitter poll. Question for the wide receiver train enthusiasts and all football fans. Are we a yak team or a rack team? Which one? Which one are you? McDermott says rack. 8030550. What am I asking you to call about? Well, you know, explosive plays if you want it. Something like that. Um, you know, charting the combine this week, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things go. The offseason's just getting started. The free agency tampering period, the legal tampering period comes up in about two weeks. Two weeks from today will be inside that legal tampering period. So we'll talk about the combine with Sal. Also on the Sabres, you know, they are not exactly, uh, I just redid the math. They're not exactly in a position to make a run yet. They have a lot of work to do. It's, it's, it's conflicting, right? When you start playing better now, seeing some strange, some strange comments from players about playing with pressure and what, what that's been like for them. How there was a quote I saw from Darlene that, you know, I'm not here to tell everybody what they should and shouldn't say, but his basic idea was that now that they're better, teams don't take them as lightly, and that's been hard for them to deal with. And it's just like, you know, just be good, just just be a good team. It's not that hard to be a good team. And this idea, like this, I don't know if their psyche is all messed up. Maybe it's maybe it's that. Maybe you guys just didn't score goals, you know, and. They've been very good defensively since the turn of the calendar, since January 1. Very good. One of the best teams in hockey in terms of goals against. And that game against the Hurricanes on Sunday was electric. It was fun. They've started to look like a team that's worth watching again. They're stringing together wins. It's likely too late. The pace for the final playoff spot in the East is 92 points. For the Sabres to get to 92 points, they have to get... 34 more, which is a pretty big number in the remaining games. I mean, they have 24 games remaining. So 34 and 24 is tough. It's not impossible. It's not never been done before. But it's there's almost a little bit of, I don't know, resentment's the wrong word. But when your team disappoints for a good three-quarters of the season, two-thirds of the season and then finds their game to make a heroic run to ninth, that's disappointing. Last year was our first real taste of that, and that was fun because, hey, at least there are meaningful games. I'm skeptical this team will even get to meaningful games. Last year's team got into a playoff spot, got tied for a playoff spot by about a year ago. They were in the mix. And you know, for this team to be still 11 points back, 12 back of Detroit, and eleven back of Tampa is just I don't I don't find it very promising. 
But that said, watching them play better still does, to me, have, have value. And seeing them look like a version of a team they're supposed to be, they've it's almost like both these teams, the Bills and the Sabres, it's kind of a loose point, but a little bit of a struggle for identity, right? The Bills' offense, we've gone through how many identity problems they might have outside of just being Josh Allen. And for the Sabres, you know, last year they were a team that scored on the rush all the time. They played wide open, and they scored a ton of goals. And then this year they made a commitment to defense. And this is something Granado said with us last week. You know, last week, think of how tough it was a week ago. The Sabres had not had a three-game win streak. Things looked to be falling apart. And Granado said he had full belief because the things they've been focusing on have indeed been getting better. And a week later, they've got a three-game win streak, and defensively, they're still pretty strong. They don't give a bunch of goals. Lukanen's been strong in net. Thompson starts to look like himself a little bit. We'll see the news on Jeff Skinner, who left yesterday's practice, but Don Granado gives us the update on that coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. One other thing to come out of uh, the Combine you know, there's a lot of different meetings, and when it comes to rule changes, Judy Batista reported yesterday that there is not much movement, not much mo- uh, momentum behind changing the rule of fumbling out of the end zone, which I find to be great news. I think it is great news that they will not be changing that rule. There are a couple things that do need changing and a couple things that don't. There's going to be a lot of push to change kickoffs because kickoffs and kick returns, rather, don't really exist right now. So I think that's the right way to do it. Movement towards kick returns, movement towards kickoffs changing, and the fumble out of the back of the end zone. She even included a line in it that said that there's just not a lot of movement for it because the feeling is it's the ball carrier's responsibility to protect the ball and that it's rare. It does not happen that much. And if you had... Teams fumbling out of the back of the end zone every, you know, every game, which definitely doesn't happen. Maybe they would change it. Maybe not. Maybe that's the time to show the rule makes whatever. It's important. So I was happy to see both those little news items from the combine that those two rule changes in talking to owners and talking to GMs don't seem to have a ton of momentum behind them. Also from the combine. Sean McDermott speaking on Joe Brady's role, Bobby Babich's role. There's a couple different things the Bills have to iron out. One is who's calling plays defensively. And McDermott, when asked about that, continues to say that they're they're just working on it. They're still well, we're still working that out. But you've got I think you've got people believing he's going to give that up and going to give it to Bobby Babich. Babich had other interviews, had other options potentially. We don't know if he was offered any, any other jobs, but He was elevated the defensive coordinator. If there were other D.C. jobs that offered him the opportunity to call plays, well, then the Bills would probably have to keep him. If if they wanted to keep him, they would have him call plays. So we don't exactly know if another job was right there. He did get elevated. He got the promotion. The Bills just don't want to tell us right now whether or not he will, in fact, get the ability to call plays. So we wait. I think the general consensus is that he probably will. Just reading McDermott. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Jeremy White with you here on a uh, Tuesday. Going to be nice. Going to be in the 50s. Tomorrow, going to be in the 50s as well before the temperature rockets down 
into the 20s for a, a quick cold spell and then back up on the weekend looking good again. You can join us, 803-0550, on WGR. All right, B, caller five to win a pair of tickets to the Men's College Basketball Tournament Watch Party at Seneca Resort and Casino, Thursday, March 21st, or Sunday, March 24th. It's an open court ticket, includes unlimited access to the fantastic buffet, five hours of tournament viewing, high-speed internet, and a cash bar. First come, first serve seating, must be 21 and up to win. Visit SenecaNiagaraCasino.com for details. Caller five wins a pair of tickets to the Men's College Basketball Tournament Watch Party. Boy, the court storming controversy, huh? I have stormed a court and a field. Field once, court, maybe just once, now that I'm thinking about it, back at the Carrier Dome. But, of course, the you know the massive controversy. I saw Jay Billis going all in that kids that storm a court should be arrested, and then you'd stop having that anymore. You had a Duke player get hurt. When Wake Forest fans stormed to court, and it's a big, uh, a big con- controversy, a big topic about whether or not it is in fact like a part of college sports. Should it be there forever? You had the Duke player get hurt. You had Caitlin Clark had a run in where she was nearly knocked over, and there's no doubt that players are put in a position, a tough, a tough spot. They're they're put in danger. The whole idea of any one person running on the court is an instant tackle security out of here arrested you know if there's one person that's illegal you can't do that but when the buzzer sounds if there's a thousand people well that's just part of the game right i do see both sides i would say you know is the kickback is the pushback because of this one injury to the duke player a little too much a little too heated i think yes i think it really is i mean there have been lots and lots and lots of these and guys don't always get hurt in the past, aren't teams able to do a little bit more to get players to safety? Maybe. I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's an impromptu buzzer beater and everyone just spills out onto the court. And then sometimes it's a team that's going to knock off a powerhouse by 17 points and they start to prepare for the storming of the court. Students start to come down. That's the one I was a part of when I... Storm the court like a college kid would at Syracuse. They must have been winning by like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20. It was very much, uh, okay, everyone's going to go. Knock yourself out. Let's make sure we get people on the court safely. Let's get the players off the court safely. If you have the opportunity to do that as a security team, then that's that's fine. You get people out of there and people storm the court. And you, know, you can still have injuries. But... Most of the time, the, the storming the court discourse gets right down to whether or not your win was good enough to storm the court. Like, if you're Duke and you beat a team on a buzzer beater and that team is not ranked and you were favored by seven, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't storm the court. You're, you've got your programs that feel like they're above storming the court. For me, what's the, what's the solution? I mean, if they took it out of the game, I don't think anybody's going to be too upset outside of the college kids. You know, it, it can be a, a scene of chaos. I, I just, the idea of arresting every kid 
which came from Jay Billis, like seems – I get what he's going for. It's extreme. The whole point is if we do that, kids wouldn't storm the court anymore. And you could say, which I've seen, these kids just – they just want to be on TV. They just want to take a selfie. Whatever. They've seen 20 years of people before them running on courts when their team wins, and they want to do that too, which that's is that the reason that I did it? When Syracuse won a Big East championship, the Donovan McNabb, the Stephen Brominski tight end throwback at the end of the game, everybody poured out of the student section out of the field. And I did that. Why did I do it? I don't know. You're a college kid. Seems like fun. It wasn't to get on TV. It was a thrill. You know, if you go to a school where you have a program that you care about, it's a th- you, you, you root hard. Where else are you closer to your team than when you're at the college? John Amarillo on this quickly. Hey, John, good morning. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, take a look at the tape of the Duke player walking. And I haven't heard this on any of the stations or anything yet. But if you watch his first two steps of him walking, his his legs are directly in front of his uh, perpendicular, or sorry, parallel to his body. And when that kid's running by him, his he takes an extra probably two or three inches on his step. And it looks like to me, it looks like he tries to trip the Duke kid or the uh, – the Wake Forest fan, hmm. when he's walking off the court. Because watch his step pattern going into his final step. And I bet you you can see a good extra three inches he reaches out right when the kid's walking by. Because it, it, it that never happens. That never, ever happens. And you watch. All right. I will. Uh, thanks, Sean. I'll go back and watch it one more time. He, he he took a bunch of hits during the incident. He he called it, uh, Filipowski called it, ridiculous, Kyle Filipowski. He's walking off the field. No, nah, I mean, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see, what I see is he gets bumped and hit a few times. No, I mean, I'm, I don't think he's trying to trip anybody, personally. He gets clipped up top, and then it's a sea of people, and then he's limping. It's pre- it all happens pretty quickly. 803-0550. Thanks, John, for the phone call. Um... You know, will there be a change of some sort? Quite possibly. But it is one of those things. It's a little bit like if I could bar, if I could make a quick analogy. It's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much I want to make it like jumping through tables, but when you see people doing insane things at a sporting event because they care so much, it does help give it importance. As ridiculous as it is. I mean, all the stories about... Bill's tailgating over the years and whether it's pizzas out of a filing cabinet or shots out of a bowling ball or people jumping off a snowbank through a table, that that adds to the lore. And, you know, it, court storming in college basketball, it's it would be part of the lore. While maybe inappropriate at times and injured at other times, injury risks at other times, like, okay, that does to me it, it it has a place or at least it it has added to the atmosphere for decades for for as long as the sport's been around i mean who is the first ever person school 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com to storm a court? That's a great question. I haven't looked that up right now. Um, <laughs> I've got the Florida Gators storm the court for the first time in program history, but just wonder who, whoever has done it, everybody's probably done it. Every court has been run on by students. You know, they're college kids. At some point, maybe you got to step in, but I don't know. I think it seems like a lot of reaction. If I'm the, the Duke team, the Duke player, I'm upset for sure. Um, I don't think it's cut and dry though. I think it's it's that easy. Eight oh three oh five fifty. PJ in Buffalo was at the game. Hey PJ. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh yeah, I have a couple opinions on that. I was there. Uh my daughter's a wake student. Um one of the things I heard in the last forty one Duke games, the court was still or where they lost, the court was stormed thirty nine times. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that, that's, I mean, so that's crazy in itself. But another thing, uh, the hockey in me here, there's one point, whatever seconds left, you're down by four, and the coach has the starters on the court. Like, I, I'm i not sticking up for a week. I know the guy got hurt, but in hockey, you don't, there's one second left, you're down by like three. There's no way your best players are on the ice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- thanks, PJ. It's a four-point game, and yeah, it, like that final play is is whatever the game's gonna end. I feel like four is not that far off, and you know, navigating the end of a game like that, you're probably at that point working with security because before that final second ticks, it's um, like again, like I'm I'm speaking my experience having been 
to a game where that happened being held back. I don't mean like physically, but like, hold on, security's, wait, wait. Everybody's off the court. Okay, go ahead, knock yourselves out. Go stand in the middle of the court, take a picture, do whatever you want to do. I mean, this would have been 1990, 1990, 98, 99 for me at the Carrier Dome. 803 0550. Thanks, PJ. At the game. Have you, did you see that? There's a, so it's a fun Twitter conversation going around right now, which is just, what's the game you were at? Your, your number one, I was at that game. What's your number one? Be a lot of people for, you know, like the comeback game, Bills and Sabre stuff, but. What's your number one, I was at that game? That if you were just kept kicking up a conversation with a stranger on a bus, oh, oh, the game I've been to that you know about? Because, you know, I'm not sure if everybody's going to know about the Bills-Patriots perfect game. For us, it's, of course, important. The Ottawa fight game, maybe that's one in the hockey world, hockey circles, right? Like, what's the, what's the biggest one? I was at that game. You have a good one, Josh? I don't really have anything that'd be like national. I have like some Buffalo ones, like the RJ game, or yeah, I, I don't know. I you're young. To, I haven't actually been to that many memorable games. Now that I think about it, yeah, you're but young. There haven't still. been too many. I was at that game. Sal tweeted about this last night. It was the six overtime Syracuse UConn uh, Big East tournament game. Six overtimes. I remember watching that game. I did not remember that Sal was at that game, but he was. I was at the Bills-Broncos game this year. That's kind of memorable for bad things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mine's the Batista-Batflip game. I was at that game. Wow. That one's been fun. I mean, I could talk about it any day of the the week. It's amazing. 803-0550. Okay, break time. Then we uh, shuffle off to Indianapolis. Sal joins us from the Combine. He's there this week. Sean McDermott spoke yesterday. We'll talk with Sal about uh, what McDermott had to say and uh, where the week goes from a Combine standpoint. That's coming up here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, 
empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.